Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, hitting the gym, or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, guys? i got a special guest here today. We have Scott Tennant. He's the CEO and founder of Synergy Wellness Group, a holistic wellness company and the exclusive distributor of the groundbreaking Tenant Biomodulator device designed to help manage various types of pain in the body. Scott, how are we doing today? We are very good. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the Clockton podcast. Scott's a good friend of mine, and I just wanted to kind of share your journey with my audience. So, Scott, where, where did your journey begin? Sure. Well, uh, I'm in Texas, and uh, a lot of people recognize my, my accent from Texas, <laughs> but uh so I grew up in Texas, and um, my journey is kind of varied. So my birth father knew that he was going to pass away at the age of seven, and he was supposed to live only to age of 13 because of his juvenile diabetes. So his mom and family decided that's not going to happen. You're going to live on and you're going to do what you need to do and what you want to do and make this the best life ever. Every day is the best day ever because it could be the last. Yeah. So he met my mom and they were high school sweethearts at 18. They got married when they were 19. And soon after that, I was born. He lived until I was 11. And oh, wow. I, yeah. So. Um, you know, n- growing up knowing that today could be the last day you had a family, you had your dad. But there's this thing that you had to know everything today. So we had to teach you everything possible today, be your best birthday, best day, best day at the zoo, whatever. Had to be the best day ever because that may never happen again. Oh, wow. So that kind of adds a different little cut on your life because, you know, yeah, a little bit. It was a little freaky knowing that. You know, everything could end and it gives you a little bit of stress as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, ten-year-old. But it was also a gift when you look back because it teaches you to have a look at life a little different. So so he passed away. Um, my mom married my stepdad that I call my dad, um, Dr. Jerry Tennant, um, when I was 14. Wow. Yeah. That, I appreciate you sharing that. And I'm sorry to hear about your loss because the thing is, most of us take time for granted. But when we view it as a scarce idea, it's like when people go on vacation, they're like, I got to make the most of this day because it's scarce. And for you to live your life like that, it's incredible. It changes you. It allows you to live multiple lives. (laughs) And so I like to say I I was raised basically as an adult i did adult things uh i've been to the playboy club when i was like eight you know i met uh the brat pack at concerts because they'd come out and hang out with the eight-year-old because it was a little different back then they had dinner in the round they had a round theater stage in the middle and you had dinner around it they'd do two shows a night and we were very personal like almost an old vegas type of thing they had it in all the big cities so, of course, a singer would come out and talk to me, right? You're eight, you know, like, hi, how are you? Here, I'm like, you're Frank Sinatra. Here to see you, you know. But that I definitely remember as being like six, seven, eight. I would go to that with friends at conventions and stuff. We'd go to the zoo with all the other kids. So after that, we'd go to the dance clubs, and I would dance with my uh, dad's business partner's wives and you know, 
So I was like at bars at 2 a.m., you know. <laughs> it was crazy. I was places that, you know, it's like me and Brooke Shields and people, you know, it's like that's the kind of life I had that I got to see things before anybody else. Yeah. So, uh, so when my dad, my stepdad, Jerry, when he married my mom, he came in and said, uh, you don't have to be an adult anymore. You can be a kid now. Oh, wow. I'm not going to replace your dad. I, I had a car, a driver's license, a credit card at 14, and a driver's license. <laughs> and a trust account. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You can relax. You can relax. He said, I'm not going to replace your dad. I'm going to enhance your dad. Your dad did an awesome job. But now you get to make some mistakes because I'm your dad. I'm going to handle this for you. You don't have to think, you know. Tomorrow is not going to be the end. Yeah. But you can do everything you want to do. Just like what my dad said. So I said, okay, I get it. So that kind of started my life and him being a doctor and uh, world renowned. He did uh, some of the first outpatient eye surgery ever. And wow. I got to see that. And I got to see these miracles happen because you take the patch off the next day after you took cataract surgery off and they were blind yesterday. Oh, wow. I, I take the patch off at 14 during the summer and I'm the first person they see. <laughs> I'm like, this is what medicine should be like. This is, they were blind. I met them yesterday when they couldn't see anything or much at all. Yeah. yeah. Take the patch off and they go, you know, Hey, you're wearing a black hat. Wow. You know, that was the first thing they saw again. And um, so we went along for a while, and that was in the 80s. But in 96, my stepdad came in and he said, uh, I need to retire today. <laughs> oh, shit. Today could be the last day, right? Yeah. All so you showed up. Oh, I'm like, today? He's like, I'm not well. And the doctor said, you need to retire today. Oh, wow. I was running the office. We had a, a study going with the FDA for a laser that became LASIK eye surgery to get rid of glasses. And we had surgery scheduled tomorrow and he left. So yeah. everybody walked out, but uh, the two main, a main technician and a nurse and myself. Really? Got their purses and left. Wow. And we have to call the patients to tell them, can't do your surgery tomorrow. Dr. Tenet retired. That's a profound moment. I mean, because you're literally sitting there and these are people who've been with you for years and years and years and they don't believe that the shit can be righted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, our patients have always been our family because you get to know them, right? Of course. I would say, I can't help you tomorrow. But, yeah, you know, I had to go find another job. My dad's having to go into medical treatment. Um, the doctors were saying, we don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. You know, and they told him, they said, we can give you steroids and you're going to look awesome because he was starting to, you know, get gaunt and funny. He had 32 viruses that had gone up his nose through the mask. Oh, wow. And his body was basically turning on himself. He made no platelets. So. Yeah. I said, well, if we give you steroids, you're going to plump up and you'll look awesome. I heard while you die. Yeah. You know, coming from the past, you know, today can be the best, the best day in the last of course. day. You know, we're going to make you look awesome. We yeah. don't want So we went through six years of him trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and then finally he came in and he said, I figured it out. Yeah. It's Western medicine treats, um, you know, sick care. They treat you when you're sick, not well. Yeah. I'm yeah. sick. I figure out what the root cause is. It made me sick. That's how you fix it. Not the symptoms, not steroids to make you look awesome. So he went back into history and he looked at everything that was used in the past and currently to heal people. Wow. And he said, 
Yeah. He said, it's got to be more in the natural side, right? Because, you know, drugs, there's no new drug right now being created for this. They don't even know what this is. So he started looking at things and he found out that the body is voltage and that when you're sick, your voltage goes down, like your car battery discharges and you turn it on, it goes click, click, click. That's really what acupuncture is, is putting the frequency in the, in the meridian that goes to your organ to raise the, the voltage. Yeah. The energy voltage in the cell. If the energy or the voltage in that organ goes down, everything on that circuit fails. It's like the circuit breaker in your house. You got the microwave and, and the stove and the refrigerator. You turn that off, they all go off. Yeah. And that's what's happening to me. My spleen, its voltage is low. Something happened that made it low. I need to raise the voltage because the body should remember how to heal. That's what was given to us as a body that knows how to heal. And sure enough, he raised the voltage with frequencies that were aimed at his spleen. And sure enough, his platelet started to go up. Oh, my. And... This is so profound because when you sit there and think about it, you have to change the way of thinking. So if your dad didn't have that change where he goes, I just want to get better. Instead, he goes, we have to cure for wellness, not sickness. Then he never would have had this change of thought and this change of ideas and perspectives. Huge. Absolutely true. And so he said, now... We need to take these frequencies, come up with one with the heart and the brain, the, the you know, all the different organs, put that in a machine that puts it in your body. Yeah. Well, you know, and if you look at that, you can do everything you want to do, like my birth dad and my current stepdad thinks is there's always a solution. You just find the yeah. answer, fix it. That's weak. So we put it in a machine and we create it. That's the biomodulator. So really what we do is we heal people when others can't. Wow. Yeah. And that's where we found people uh, like Tony Robbins. He will tell you he's come here, um, uh, you know, to help. Absolutely. So Scott, you're sitting here seeing what this machine did for your dad. What are your thoughts in regard to, should I just tell everyone I know about this? Because <laughs> it's a tough situation. It's like, like we know something and most people are like, so what, who approved, who did what, how does this work? So how, how was that experience for you? You know, when we began, which was 24 years ago, um, it was not real friendly into the natural medicine route. It was it was definitely a little yeah. precarious. They would try to take away your medical license if you talked about, well, you need to take vitamin C for a cold. They'd say, no, you need to take a flu shot. Yeah. And that's pretty obvious that they would talk about that. You would ask questions like, should I change my diet? They're like, if you want to, but you get everything you need in food. You don't have to supplement. That's not true. We all know as a human, our food doesn't have the same nutrients as it did 100, 200, 300 years ago. Yeah. When they would tell you even 23 years ago, your food is all you need. Yeah. You didn't have to eat. You know, a doctor gets, gets like 12 to 16 hours, I think, of nutrition information or study. So when they say... Jordan, do you eat clean? You're gonna go, yeah, pretty much. They're gonna go, awesome, do more of that. Well, you might and say, that's well, I, so big. Yes, because you may be thinking, well, I used to eat all the bread and all the French fries on my Chick-fil-A sandwich that was fried. So now I get the grilled one. I eat pretty clean. Well, yeah, the doctor just gave you bad advice. Do more of that. You're gonna say, Well, yeah. now I can eat burger at McDonald's. As long as it's not from, right? So I'm going to get well. I'm, I'm doing well. I'm getting everything I need for my food. No, you're not. Yeah. So what they think they hear, what they say, and what you hear are completely different things. Yeah. What should they Here is a diet I recommend. 
the pyramid we saw, the food pyramid is upside down. It was designed to be the, the grain producers of America in a bad time. It's that really should be turned upside down. Yeah. The meat and the vegetables should be at the top of the list, the things you eat the most of, and the bread and grain should be at the bottom, the things you eat the least of. Yeah. But it was down to make money for the farmers in the Midwest. Wow. And these are the things that are very interesting. And Scott, this is why I wanted to have you on, because you're providing a perspective that's very different than the conventional, I eat clean. No one even knows what that means. They don't. And and they assume, or do they, that what you're hearing is real. Because if you look at sick med, when do I, as a doctor, make money off of you? When you're sick. You're sick. Yeah. So I'd like you to be sick as much as possible. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Create your business, right? You're a business person. I need patients. Yeah. Do more of that. Oh, you misunderstood me? Sorry. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Could that be something that out of, I like to say that I'm not trapped in the ignorance of your brilliance. Could it be, because you've been in some of the same uh, classes I have, could it be what people think is I have to survive in my business? That's completely different than what I need to do for my product. Yeah. Is your product giving somebody what they need? Keeping you well actually will get me free marketing, right? If you just look at how you shifted things slightly, if I give you everything you need that I'm charging you for, you're going to tell everybody that I'm a god. Yeah. If I don't get you well, then they're going to go, well, I thought my doctor was awesome, but I'm going to stick with him because that's what I do is you go to the doctor. Yeah. Well, if he's treating over here and he should be over here, it's your choice to go, I don't understand what you're saying, and I'm going to question you and say, I think I need to eat more fruits and vegetables. Is that true, doctor? He'll probably say, that's what I said. That's not what you said. So you're offering the paradigm shift of it, it's very, very close. And instead of a doctor being like, hey, just give me the tools to be healthy and you get referrals on the back end instead of trying to keep the eight people you have, keep them sick. So they keep coming back to you. If you get them healthy. Then... Yes. And I don't think there's anybody out there that's the evil doctor. That's that like, specifically. Yeah. I think it's that you do a business and you do what you were taught, which I have a pill for that. Yeah. A shot for that. I've got you when you get sick. So out of the, the, the perceived, what am I supposed to do? They are doing their job. Is it something you need or are they giving you what you need? Yeah. Correct information. You know, not everybody needs to, to buy Cheetos. I don't know anybody that really needs to buy Cheetos. But it's a great product, but they didn't go into it and say, I'm going to harm you. They thought people want yeah. the GM savory and awesomeness and 100% live on it so not my problem 100% so so you had a different perspective of looking at wellness first and then you mentioned earlier that Tony Robbins came to you guys what what happened with that situation so he was just not feeling well and um you know basically people as they do, said, I don't know. I don't I don't know what to do. We've tried stuff and you're sick. Yeah. Well, a smart person is going to say, that's not a good answer for me. That's not a good answer for me. There's an answer out there. So I have the Google. I like to make a joke of that. But you, know, you start looking, going, what is it that I have that's this? And yeah. They they found some videos of my dad and uh, Tony's wife used to be an acupuncturist. So yeah. she heard some stuff. She's like, that's an answer. That's an answer that's different than we don't know what to do for you. Yeah. So let's go see what this is. And then you start looking at it. And you say, let's don't let you get any sicker. Let's look at your diet. Let's change your diet. Let's see what you're doing. See what's going on. 
um, and this is with any patient, doesn't matter who it is, don't get any sicker. Here's the things you have control over. You put the mask on or you put it on somebody else. Care for the caregiver. Now take care of yourself. Stop putting in bad stuff that harms you. And then find things that help you. It's quite simple. When you look at that, we don't say eat cleaner or eat more clean or eat more what you already say you eat. No, what do you eat? Yeah. What do you eat? Here's, the, here's what we suggest for your blood type, for your body type, whatever. You need more meat than the other person or you need less meat than the other person. You need more of a vegetarian, but with some meat, protein, and things with more balance. You look at that, so they're saying everybody needs to eat that thing that we all learned, that you know, food triangle. No, forget that thing. Then we say, what side effects are you getting from the medication, Sharon? Yeah. You know, that leads things. We look at all their symptoms. They come in for one thing, look at all their symptoms. What's going on? Yeah. Put those things together and you start to stack them up into the organs that that's affected by. Okay. You'll say, these are in your heart. These are in your lungs. These are in your spleen. This is in your gallbladder. This is in your brain. You start to look, then you go in and use an HRV machine or a meridian energy analysis machine to read the voltage in each of the organs. Yeah. Voltage is low. And then all your symptoms are stacked on that. That's pretty much telling you, like my dad, your spleen is not working. You're not making um, platelets. And here are the symptoms you have that are associated with not making platelets in your spleen. Yeah. Voltage is low. Now we raise the spleen voltage up to minus 25. And then anything that harms your spleen has to go away. Anything that will enhance it, supplementation, work, uh, you know, food, diet, exercise, whatever, and adding in the voltage with our machine is going to help the body now start to use those materials to start to get well. Yeah. Your symptoms start to go away. Yeah. Because, you know, disease is, or, well, disease is diagnosed by taking a group of symptoms and lumping it together and say, it appears you have diabetes, but they say you have diabetes because you look a lot like that dude that has diabetes. Yeah. You have diabetes. Fibromyalgia is tricky because it's like 300 things that they add up and say you have 30 of the 300. So you have fibromyalgia. We say, well, my friend has fibromyalgia and her stuff's completely different. Than mine. Yeah. So it's like this category or a folder that they stuffed a bunch of stuff in saying, this is what it is. So you're obviously depressed. Yeah, because I've been sick and you keep saying I have something and there's nothing for it. Of course I'm depressed. So we're going to give you antidepressants. We're going to say lose weight because most people that have fibromyalgia, they have no pain control they ache they hurt they're tired they can't yeah think so what do they do they said watch tv and eat cheetos back to the cheetos thing the cheetos is feeding the bad stuff so yeah of course, of course you're overweight eat cleaner okay i'll get the baked cheetos no <laughs> no you know and so it's getting the person to think about what are they choosing is it giving you voltage or taken away. So what are some things that provide that voltage in a positive way? Because I know I could be sitting, I'm sitting here and I'm like, does my food provide voltage? I don't know. <laughs> so what are, yeah. So what are some of the voltage foods or voltage activities or? Sure. Uh, taking a walk. You know, when you move your muscles, you're raising your voltage in the whole body. Um, oh, wow. Fresh air, um, uh, you know, that's why we turned off some of my air cleaners because we filter the air out of the, the rooms, um, you know, just to keep all those little particles out. Um, uh, fresh water that is not in a plastic container, if you can, because the phytoestrogen plastic when they get hot. So not bottled water unless it's in glass, preferably. Um, no um, chlorine or fluoride in your water. Or okay. drinking. The reason that is when you drink it, it goes into your body as an ingested. If you shower in it, 
then your pores get bigger and then the chlorine, chlorine and fluoride go into the pore into your body. Okay. So you're bathing in a chemical every single time and you're ingesting it. So uh, the fresher the water, the better. We have people get whole house water systems or at least one for your sink that takes it out and remineralizes it. So when you drink it. Oh, wow. So clean water, as clean as you possibly can get, as close to natural. Um, organic foods um, definitely are better than foods that are not organic. Yeah. Um, grass-fed beef um, is better, uh, you know, and range-fed chickens, those sort of things. Um, anything that has pesticides on it, not a good idea. Um, a lot of times, uh, colognes and things like that get rid of them. Because a lot of times you're ingesting, you know, what you spray on you from the chemicals and alcohol that's in your colognes. Um, gosh, washing your clothes and more natural things instead of the little pods that you buy that have all kinds of chemicals in it. Use things that are more natural at Whole Foods. Um, thought. Thought is huge. Thought. Um, and that's, you know, some of the people we've learned from, you know. Or about you are what you think. Yeah. You know, actually, in the Bible, you're you are what you are around the most. So when you look at that and how deep that is, if you say, if I think negative things, those are the people that say, ah, Jordan, it always happens to me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you just prescribed it to yourself because guess what? It's always gonna happen to you. Yeah. The people that you talk to, when you say, Jordan, how are you? You say, I am so good. Then you look at it and you say, well, Jordan's always so good. Because what happens is the perspective of what you have when you think I'm all good is actually raising the voltage. And it's actually helping you get more good stuff towards you. It's attracted to you. Where if you say, well, it always happens to me. I had somebody one time tell me, if I bought a lotto ticket, I'd win and I'd owe money. I am that poor. <laughs> and that bad of luck. And I'm like, wow. And you wonder why you have that bad of luck. Yeah. I, I mean, there's also the perspectives of like, sometimes like a flight might get canceled and you got the one guy who's like, wow, I lived another day. Thank you. And then the other one who's like the worst day ever. I didn't get on a flight. And it's, Nothing's that important, but I mean, it's the two sides to everything, which is how you see the world. Yeah, yeah. So when we see patients, we go through all that stuff, emotions, traumas, traumas you've yeah. had in the past. Um, you know, I've been through some, I've shared them. But what I did was I turned the trauma into a positive because I learned from it. You yes. know, my dad knowing he was going to die was actually a huge blessing because he gave me the best of himself until the day he died and the night before he died he said today was the best day of my life because we had like a little family reunion and we were you know doing things and the kids were out playing all of us and all the family and family from both sides and it was just magical yeah had a heart attack and left wow but see i can still remember that because you look at it and go we knew this day was coming yeah that was the best day of his life wow yeah because he had everything here it's super important to realize that death is coming for every like because when you live with that perspective and i appreciate your vulnerability of sharing all this because when we go through and we see that that life isn't just hey you're going to be here forever it causes you to take more action it causes you to plan more trips it causes you to go on more vacations hang out with those friends do the things you want to do and create those beautiful this is my best day ever for you Yes, yes. And, you know, um, the interesting thing is, too, and I think this is, you know, a, a lot of what, what you're helping people with is that he was prepared so much that we knew by opening a book everything we needed to do to take care of the next day. 
Wow. Yep. The insurance covered the house. The house was paid off. The cars were paid off. All from a policy. Everything was done. My trust account flipped over the next day. So we instantly had the money we needed from the insurance policies and all the monies, which made one phone call. Here's the person you call. Here's what happens. It was like a life manual. What happens when? Yeah. We knew exactly what to do. Um, my mom and I, we knew exactly how to handle it, who to call, who the funeral director was, what we do, who we call, when we call it. It was such a blessing, but you look back and see that that was a little OCD in his life. But what he did was he took care of his family. Yeah. You know? And that was probably something that kept him alive a little longer than he would have because his outlook was, I'm going to make this the best day ever. I got a wife and a kid and a great job and a great family. And today we're having barbecue. You know, and it was that kind of thing. It's like, that is awesome. We're going to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. They've said that longer lives happen with deeper relationships. So when we're able to have these deep relationships in our life and we create these magical moments, it's like, oh, what am I going to do? I, of course, I have to be filled with joy and be happy and feel loved and feel accepted instead of those other feelings of I feel rejected. I don't feel included. I'm not feeling there. Yeah. It's yeah. powerful. So- Yes, you know, we were talking you were talking about earlier about the guy who says, you know, my plane was canceled. So, you know, in the last four years after knowing Tony Robbins, you know, I've traveled a lot, a lot, a lot. But I've had uh, I think two planes that were delayed more than three hours. And I've had one plane that was completely canceled. Wow. But is that happenstance or is that something that I called into my life? Because everybody else I know, they said traveling is a nightmare. And guess what? It's always a nightmare for them. Yeah. Because they're looking. They're looking for it. The last time is about six or eight months ago. You know, I was up in the the American Airlines lounge and they said the flight's getting ready to board. So I went downstairs. Right before I got there, they said the flight has been uh, delayed five hours. And everybody was like, oh, my gosh. And I thought, I have my computer. I'll go right back up to the lounge. I'll order some lunch. And I'll work at the little desk. And I thought, okay, guess what? This is five hours I didn't have yesterday. And I'm going to get some stuff done because I'm going to mark stuff off my list. Yeah, I mean, that's the way I think about it, too. It's just even if you have a meeting, like if we have this podcast and like one of us, something happens, you're like, okay, I got another activity to fill that slot. Like you can't sit there and get bogged down. Like there are some full days where everyone's like not meeting today, canceled, whatever. And that's okay because you just make the most of it. You have to go out there and create every single day and realize that you are the creator of your own life. You dictate what happens to you. You build what happens to you. Yeah. And I can tell you, when we start working with people and they start getting well and they start putting the voltage in and they start feeling better pretty quickly, and all of a sudden they said, wait, this was not a death sentence. But then they start looking at things like, what am I grateful for? I'm still here. I'm not in pain anymore. Um, I can walk better, whatever their thing is. But And it's like, hold on to that. Hold on to that because that positive, positive thought of, wow, this is better than yesterday. That's the voltage that comes up. We're adding voltage in. You're helping. So then they start looking at everything saying, I think I'm going to take a walk. Yeah. Then they come back and they say, did you know we have red birds in the neighborhood? So then you start looking, you're like, they've never stopped to see that they're red birds in their neighborhood. Wow. In a quick moment when they have that, and sometimes they'll do this, they'll take a break, they see you have an hour before you have to be back. 
So they'll go, well, there's a little walking trail down the way. They'll walk down the, the way and they'll come back and they're, they're like, there's like a little river down here with the river walk. Yeah. yeah, that was lovely. I've never done that at my, close to my house. And you can just see it. They're thinking like, that actually sort of rejuvenated me to go take a walk. Yeah. Or we'll tell people, go take your shoes off and walk in the grass. Yeah. You know, they're like, well, that's interesting. Is that, well, that's what you do as a kid. Uh, Yeah. Wow. 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 I used to enjoy that. And it's crazy because a lot of this stuff is completely free. And it's just sitting there and taking inventory of our own lives and realizing, hey, do I feel better or worse when I do this activity? Better? Do more. Worse? Do less. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. If it gives you voltage, do more. If it takes voltage away, do less. We just happen to have a tool that gives a lot to you. But you have to when we're giving people the voltage, whatever they consume. Yeah. Interesting word. Think. Hear. Smell. Taste. Hear. So it's all the things. Adds to the mathematics of what's coming in. So when you're giving voltage, we tell people, when you're putting voltage in, Make sure that anything's around it. Turned off the news. Yeah. No bad news while you're charging your body and giving yourself the voltage. Because it's going to, it was a mathematics and it's going to equal it out, right? Because the good stuff comes in. If you pay attention to what you're doing in gratitude and say, I'm getting charged right now. Yeah. Nice smells and sit outside and listen to the birds. All that adds into what's helping you heal. Meditation. A lot of people meditate, pray, um, listening to an inspiring message from somebody else about, you know, uh, the message of who I am. You know, I am powerful. I am strong. I am whatever. Do things. But it adds to here's a chance you have to stop and feed yourself, literally feed yourself with voltage and things good, which is like putting the mask on yourself in the plane, the oxygen, before you put it on somebody else. I love that. Yeah. The care for the caregiver, Scott, is just an incredible line because there are way too many of us that are not focused. We're only focused on helping others, which is fine, which is fantastic, but we do need to take a moment for ourselves. Because if you're gone, there's nobody to do what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And Scott, yeah, you go. Go ahead. I was going to say, tell us a little bit more about this book that you're working on. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was writing a bigger book and I still am, but I was having a hard time putting it into words. And we're, we're talking a lot about it now is people have to realize you matter yeah. not just you matter most to yourself because this is the one you that you get this body this person's way it's getting you where you go and getting your mission out to the world that makes you feel like you've made it that you've done it that you've lived they forget that they say no i am my product you're not your product you're not your product you're not your business you know, that is something you get to do, but you are this. So yeah. the book is called, the first book is going to be, it's called Mindset Reset. Yeah. And there's little things that I've said in the past that I kind of learned from my my birth dad and then reinforced with my stepdad and his family was little things you would say, people call them wise tales or whatever, that would get you to rethink and recenter. And so I wrote them down as questions. Yeah. And then side is just the question. And on the other side, it's like two to three paragraphs, very small. It's going to be a very small book, about that, about that size, about uh, eight inches by eight inches. Yeah. And it's going to be about 60 pages. It's 20 questions. Yeah. 
And it is something to ask yourself to get you off the mark or to reset what you're thinking. Um, one of them we kind of talked about earlier about, um, you know, is I always ask a lot of people, are you trapped in the ignorance of your own brilliance? <laughs> and a lot of people say, that is very rude. I said, that is not rude. Because in most people, most humans thinking, they think, I know everything, and I am the master of my domain, I am the master of me, and my thoughts are the facts, and it's this way. Yeah. Well, then you go and hire somebody that comes into your company. For about two to three weeks, there's a magic period where they don't necessarily believe that everything you say about your company and your thoughts is absolutely true. They say, Jordan, why do we do that this way? Yeah. Because you could do it that way. Yeah. People say, my way, only my way, you have to do it this way. The problem is that that probably had at least 10% of truth in it, that what you're doing is a little flawed. It could be yeah. a pre-instar. That may be your next new product or way to make your product better because they had an answer you can't see because you're trapped. The way that came up when we were designing the devices is my dad and I went to the engineer to design it. He said, I have this set of frequencies and I would like for you to have this machine put them into a body all at once. Oh, wow. So the engineer said, that is impossible with the amount of memory we have right now because the device is about this size. And gotcha. so I said, wait a minute. Because my dad said, gosh, I really was hoping this would work. Because it makes a lot of sense that the body needs all these things. I know how he thinks as a doctor. They don't have to all be taken right now. At this very yeah. moment, all of them into Jordan right now. Yeah. You can line them up i said so i said so tim the engineer i said can you run them all at once back to back like a song one frequency then another frequency then another frequency then another frequency run them which will run for three four five minutes then it loops back around and begins again and he said that i can do and he said how did you think of it because you're not a doctor and you're not an engineer and that's when I looked at him and I said, Tim, I am not trapped in the ignorance of your brilliance. And he said, I'm insulted. I said, you should not be insulted. I just said you're brilliant. But the thing is, you worked with NASA. You've done these wonderful things. But in your life, you've done this with what you think is going to happen. People who invent things or people who have no clue what they're doing, typically in the place they design it, because they go, why can't I make this out of polycarbonate? Well, they're always made in glass. Why can't I make it in polycarbonate? Because they're always made in glass. I'm just saying, why can't I make it in polycarbonate? Yeah. Let's, let's do it. It's lighter and it won't break. That's what changes things. So I told him, I said, Tim, you said, look, a tree. And I said, back up. And I pulled you back and you said, there's a forest. The minute I said, line them up, you were trying to put them all in at once. Yeah. No memory. Here, the memory is used like this because it's only running one frequency at a time. I That's love the it. perspective change. It's, it's the answer to the problem that would have never been done if I talked to another engineer. He's going to think just like you. Well, yeah. my dad, I want them run all at once. You heard I want them run all at once. So that's one of the questions in the book. And there's 20 more, 19 more of those. The big one, and we started with the book. It's very small. It's it'll, it'll take you 30 minutes to read. The first one and the last one are the same question. Why not me? So at 14, when my stepdad had that little conversation with me and said, I will not replace your dad. I will enhance him. He did an awesome job getting you to this point because you knew what was coming. And I'm going to help you because I am your dad. And he said, 
at 14, make a decision. What do you want to be when you get older? Yeah. Here's your choices. Doctor, lawyer, MBA, PhD. Decide. I said, I'm 14 and I don't know. <laughs> he said, you have to help me here a little bit. You have to pick something so I can start helping you with colleges so we can do the things to get you there. And I said, I can tell you what I want to do. And he said, okay, hit me. I said, I want to drive exotic cars, live in a million-dollar house, own my own company, and hang around with millionaires and billionaires that change the world. And he said, that's not exactly the way it works. Doctor, lawyer, MBA. And I looked at him and I said, he said, you can't get there without one of those things. And I said, why not me? That was not a question. That was a statement. Why not me? Watch me. Yeah, that's profound. I did not know that until... Really, until I met Tony Robbins and I met him in person. As yeah. a human, that person. And when he said, life will never be the same when you start to look at how you can use patterns to change your life. And I thought, that wasn't a question. Yeah. So the beginning chapter is, why not me? Have you asked this of yourself? Yeah. There's a lot of, why not me? Which is, oh, poor pitiful me. Why not me? Why can't I win the lotto? He didn't buy a ticket. Yeah. That's the question. So when you buy a lotto ticket, that gets you to why not me. I can win. Yeah. See yourself and decide, I matter. I can make my decisions. I control this. I control my health, my well-being, my finances, everything I do, everybody I know, I control. The last chapter is, why not me? Exclamation. Yeah. That with some tools, you can set up questions. You ask yourself that when you say, I'm going to go do something really stupid. Yeah. Ask yourself one question. And you ask yourself one of these questions. And it will change where you are. Yeah. And when you change where you are, you make a right decision. Yeah. And, you know, trapped in the ignorance of your brilliant is one. One of the other ones that is really big for people is I hang out with a lot of people that are philanthropists. And they may, they may only be able to give $100. But to them, that's a lot of money. But they look back at it and say, I am a philanthropist. I do care. I gave $100. Yeah. So one of the chapters are is... Oh, and a lot of them also want to do that, but they also want to teach. They want to go like, if they give to the library, they want to go teach people to read, but they don't. Yes. So I came up with a chapter that says, it's kind of in the middle. Are you gifted enough to give? But I think when you look at yourself and you see yourself as worthy, yeah. you then say, no, it's my duty. And it's a privilege to be able to give that $100 and to go to the library and teach people to read. I love that. Yeah. But that's also good, positive voltage coming back on you, right? Because in the giving, it is the receiving. Yes. Yes. Because that's... Yes, it moves one the, of the best more That's one of the best voltage activities. I love that, Scott. Yeah. And I've noticed that so, so, so much, and especially the last year. That and it's been five years I've really been on this this journey of finding because I want to write the book, but I'm like, what fills it up? Yeah. So the full book is going to be called "Why Not Me." Yeah. I love. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So it goes into that's also part of the healing, right? Yeah. Because I can tell you when people come to us, they're uncertain because they're sick. Yeah. Conflicting information or 
a lot of our people are people who are so sick. Their doctors say, I know of nothing else for you. Really? And that is like somebody just punched them in the face. Yeah. And then they come in and they finally decide, no, I'm doing this for myself. I'm finding the answer. Got it. Yeah, because they don't want to lose hope. Yeah. No. Then we have the flip side that we never noticed happened. This is being tra- trapped in our own brilliance. Biohackers. There's a whole group of people who are out there and they say, I'm going to get well before I get sick. I'm not going to be. Yeah. So they're coming to us saying, what's going to get me later? What can you help me find? So we look at their body and we see you're just a little down. Well, guess what? Yeah. Just charging. You charge it up while you're young. You start to change your lifestyle, change your mindset. You're going to be well longer. And that's, oh, why, wow. yeah, that's why some of the doctors that are in the biohacking world are saying, within the next 10 years, if you have enough money, enough time, and enough tenacity and do the right things, you're going to be able to live a healthy 120 years. Wow. There's a lot of, and there's a lot of people I'm seeing it where they're like, I want to live to 150. I want to live to 140. I want to live long and like, I'll do whatever it takes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And take a look at when you look at people in general, you look at them physically and you look at pictures of people that were 50 years old, 50 years ago, they look old. They look old at 30. Yeah. I remember my grandparents at 40 looked like they were ancient. My grandmother already had a cane and a sweater. Yeah. I'm like, you were 40. When I was 40, I was like, I finally grew up. And I was like, oh, my gosh. By the time she was 80, she was old. But then I was seeing people that we were doing cataract surgery on. And I had a lady, I'll never forget. She came in and she said, I said, what's your age? So I was doing her exam and she said, you guess. And I looked down and I thought, I'm not going to do this. Very pretty, very pretty face, full makeup, had a little uh, tennis outfit with a little short skirt. She said, I'm 93. I just played two sets of tennis. What? My grandmother's 80 and she can barely walk up three steps. Yeah. And she's 93 and she just played two sets of tennis. She said, I'm going to mindset yeah age is in your head i love that scott you are incredible and i know we could go for three more hours um your team sent me the links so i'll put all those in the show notes and i really really do appreciate the time and if anyone's interested in hearing more about scott or reaching out just click on the show notes and you'll be able to learn more about synergy and scott thank you Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in.